Hi everyone, welcome to the I Am The Code podcast. I'm your host, Mariam Jam. Another Friday, some more excitement going on. Honestly, my guest this week, she's just so awesome. But before I tell you all about her, let me start by saying thank you. All the support you've been giving to I Am The Code, your love, your kindness, is really elevating the young women and girls that we work with. On behalf of I Am The Code, the entire board, all of us, we want to say thank you. Please accept our appreciation. I went to the gym this morning. I'm getting stronger and stronger. I hope you're taking care of yourself. Self-care is so important. Remember that when you don't take care of yourself, you cannot take care of other people. That's some of the things I've learned in my journey. Taking care of yourself is one of the most precious things you should do, really. Listening to whispers, having good intention, looking after your well-being, eating well, sleeping, really important. I've learned to do that, so I really hope you're taking care of yourself. I also had a training session recently with around 300 young people about leadership, intention, humanity, how no matter what we do, we need to think about other people. I'm looking forward to launching my Iki Guidance. I don't know if you've seen my videos, but I've been launching recently life hacks sessions that I want to really get young women and girls post-COVID-19 to look into their careers, look into what they can do better and how they can get more employed. I think one of the things COVID-19 has done for women and girls is really put us behind, right? So many women and girls don't have access to digital skills. They're looking to reskill themselves. They're looking for jobs, businesses. So it has been tough. COVID-19 has really affected women and I think we should pay attention to that. That's why I was thinking, who should I invite on the podcast this week to talk to us about how women are doing in all places across the world? And my guest this week is really awesome. She's amazing. Her name is so beautiful. I cannot pronounce it properly and give it justice, but I'm going to try. Her name is Shijogo Akinili. I really hope I gave it justice. She's just awesome. She is the founder of She Rose. It's a community supporting women and helping them unleash the inner power. I just love it. She's a writer, a storyteller, a movement builder who is really impacting so many women through her workshops, the things she said to them, helping them. I got to meet her many years ago, but she has been always kind, supportive, polite. She welcomed me when she sees me, she greet me with respect. And I love that. I think women also should respect one another, not take each other for granted, and love and respect people who paved the way for us. And I think that's why I really liked her. I wanted to invite her for you to hear her story and learn from her. I really hope you enjoyed my conversation. I will see you on the other side. Thank you for being here. I'm so pleased to be here today. I'm just really excited to bring some new people to talk to you. And this person I'm inviting this week is somebody I've been following for a very long time. And I just thought that she really could make it to season four because she's so wise and so beautiful, so much to say to the world. And I think that it's going to help you a little bit more to understand her and know her, but also join her community. She's doing amazing work for women globally. Her name is Shijojo 
I don't know how to say the last name, but I'm just going to let her say that. Shijeja, how are you doing? Thank you so much for coming to the I Am The Code podcast. Oh, thank you so much, Lady Mariam. <laughs> it's such a pleasure to be with you. It's the full name is Chidiogo Akunyele Pa. Oh, wow. I love your name. I've seen the name so many times. And actually, I was linking your name to Zimbabwe. Anyway, can you just tell us your name? And give us an explanation of what your name means, please, to the girls. Absolutely. My name is Chidiogo Akunyele Pa, and I'm Igbo from the southeast of Nigeria. And Igbo culture names are such, it's a prayer for the child almost. And Chidiogo means God is gracious. My middle name is Blessing. And my last name, Akunyele, is Wealth Overflows. So when I sit with this name, which feels like a mantra in itself, it's God is gracious with blessings and my wealth overflows. The par part is my husband and there might not be a meaning there, but if you like golf, <laughs> it means but it's something. so beautiful. It's so beautiful. <laughs> Honestly, let me tell you why I invited you on a podcast. You may not know about this, but a couple of stuff that you've done over the years that I've been really following. And I remember meeting you a long time ago at the World Economic Forum. And each time I meet you, you are so immaculately dressed. Your hair is beautiful, but also the way you just hold yourself like really beautiful mm. and polite and welcoming. You always say, hi, you come to me and you always say hello. And that love and that sense of, how do you call it? That just showing your presence to people. I will always remember this, especially in a busy period when we're doing this at the World Academy from everyone is running around. I will always remember this. And the second thing I will always also remember about you, and that's why I wanted to have you on the podcast, is the fact that you are helping other women, right? You have met so many people in your life, in your work at the World Academic Forum, but also the work you're doing at the moment. And I just love your dignity, right? You, you know who you are. I just love that. And I, I've never been able to tell you this. And when I was doing some research and really trying to get someone to actually send you an email for you to come on the podcast, I said, she need to come on the podcast because I have to tell her how I feel about her. <laughs> and I, so welcome. I am the code podcast. Oh Welcome. my goodness. What a beautiful welcome. And Mariam, I just want to add that I do have something to share with you as well. And in receiving what you've shared, I always remember how you're a member of the World Economic Forum, you're a young global leader, where you always made time to not just to connect with different members of the forum, but also to see people. And I always felt that from you as well. I felt seen by you. And I think that's probably one of the greatest gifts we can give each other to be seen. So um, as much as you felt that energy was really me sharing what I was receiving from you with you. So I appreciate that so deeply and I'm so grateful to be here. Thank you so much. Honestly, I just have to say that just for the record, <laughs> for you to know this woman, it's just, I've been seeing her. She's so beautiful. But every time I see, I just wanted to say that. Anyway, how have you been? How is COVID-19? Because you mm -hmm. do travel a lot, right? I do. I did. And in many ways, I see how life has so many phases. And interestingly enough, I've lived in 14 cities in my life, almost countries within that. And my life was about being all over the place and doing work all over the world. But in this phase of my life, interestingly enough, right before COVID, I was feeling this call to be a little bit more stable. 
So COVID has most certainly forced that. So within that, there's been most certainly a rewarding experience of rooting deeper. And I have had a chance because I do live in Canada and Canada has just a lot of really beautiful places to visit. So I have had a chance to, within this rooting, also connect more with natural attractions and find that part of myself or connect with that part of myself that just loves immersing myself in nature. But COVID has been many things for many people. For me, it's been a quiet space where I've gone deep. I think I do. I use the word rooted intentionally. And I trust that what I'm receiving in terms of this guidance and nourishment is to give even more to the people that I serve and in all the ways that I show up in the world. And I'm curious as well, because we haven't talked in a while, Mariam, how That's has it true. been for you? I was very ill. And then COVID-19, as you said, has really made me sit down and reflect. We're getting old. We're not young anymore. Just, okay, calm down. So honestly, it really sat me down to think about health, think about my son and think about the girls. And I was in Kakuma refugee camp in Kenya. I was, mm. I was in Kakuma before COVID to meet the girls. And so when I came back, I just had to, um, had to sit down. But yeah, it was really good. So can you give us, I think you just mentioned your name so beautifully earlier. I know you love your mommy, your mother. Mm. How is she? In me- that's an interesting question that you say it in the present because my mother is late. Oh. And, but in many ways, I've been writing, I've been working on a book, uh-huh. a story of her life for the last four years now. Uh-huh. And it's going to be published at the end of the year. So in many ways, she feels very much with me. So I actually appreciate your way of asking. So she's very present and she continues to guide me from beyond. And there's something about losing someone so close to oneself, a mother that lets me fully trust in ancestral guidance and wisdom that comes with that. We're connecting with it as well. So I feel Also, as I mentioned, the process of writing her story and immersing myself so deeply into her life and her voice, it's amplified that connection. So she's well, and we can't wait to share her story with the world. You know why I said that? Because I wanted to, I didn't know she was late, by the way, but I just know that she's so present in your life because I saw a couple of pictures in the past and I know how much you value her. And when you think about her today, when you think about everything she has given you, this power, and we will talk about your organization in a minute, but what I see and what I sense about you is this purity, this grounding. Has she done anything to help you ground yourself and with humility and respect? I, I love your questions because it speaks to your own intuition. And when we have intuition, it just means we're vibing and connected. So I love it. But you said she gave you your power and it feels so true. And she received that from those that came before her. So I'm really seeped into that truth of what we receive from those around us and those that shape us. And she shaped me and rest of my siblings and beyond in many ways, a nation because she her work reached thousands and millions of people. And that's the person I call my mother, someone who was just larger than life and who had such deep values. And you use the word purity and grounding. She had such deep values. 
And it was her superpower. And to experience that one's whole life means to somehow imbibe that. So absolutely, I received so much in terms of um, learning how to be my brother's keepers, how to care for one another, how to share my own powers with others, knowing that's the best gift we can give the world. But even more so, I received this beautiful gift of humility to know that my, no matter what that, how powerful, how gifted, my role is always in service. That's the greatest, that's the purpose of all those gifts. And that's something that she believed very deeply. And that's something that is now my belief. I've seen that. I've seen that in many places. So do you have any siblings? What was your childhood like? Where did you grow up? Did you grow up in in the West or in Nigeria? Where did you grow up? Nigeria, born and raised in Enugu, which is a small town of 4 million, but small town compared to Lagos and the rest of them. So I was, we all um, were heavily shaped and influenced by growing up in in a small town, going to the village every other weekend. And it's been fascinating to close my eyes. And I think you might have a similar experience, Marion, to see yourself as you were, as you've been over the years and different faces, but always you just didn't realize where the journey was taking you. But I, I wonder if I could see this seven-year-old girl without shoes running around the dusty street. <laughs> she, she could have... Innocent. Yeah, free. And and in many ways, I do like to connect to that and know where I've come from. And I love that there's something about the diversity of experiences and lives I've lived that allows me to always fit in and flow wherever I am. Like, I wonder about your story, not just with your mom, but also growing up. You mentioned you were just in Kenya in the refugee camp. And I know all the work you've been doing. So wondering as well how you feel your childhood and your personal story has shaped this evolution and your ability to integrate. It has been definitely a long journey. Unfortunately, I didn't have a very good childhood, but I'm writing my book right now, actually. And, and it's been a very difficult one. But yeah, I do remember that age you're talking about from five to 13 you know years old running in a village in Kaolak in Senegal I talk about our innocence right so now we are adult we can feel this innocence that we had as children but when your innocence is taken away my innocence was taken away from me at the age of 11 so it's very difficult as you grow I think that's what COVID-19 has done is really to help us reflect on family on our culture and I think that's what I like about your wisdom and I've seen your beautiful photos on your website it's really fascinating but when you think about all that your mom gave you your wisdom everything you've acquired actually during the years how can we together help all the women who are struggling with self-esteem finding love, earning money, being present, because you do this now, you really are, you are gathering people because you've sat with wise women. You said, how do you, how do we do this? Oh, wow. That is such a profoundly beautiful question. And earlier you said, Mariam, that you feel like I know who I am. And I think this is the core of any advice or wisdom I can share. And I'll make this a little more concrete. Within knowing oneself, I believe, is to connect to the wisdom that is within. And so the wisdom that you mentioned that you experience or you feel from me is one that I used to think was maybe more about intelligence. So it's about reading a lot more books and knowing more. And over the years and with time and experience, I've come to, to know that 
while all these conversations and experiences have very important roles in my life, the greatest wisdom that I can tap to ends up being that of my inner voice and my intuition. So what does that mean? It means that for the last almost a decade, I've been on a very intentional journey of connecting with my inner voice and how I do that because I trust that this can serve many women in whatever place this finds you is the same way we connect with any other human. The first time we met, I probably said, hi, what's your name and how are you? And we stay chatting and getting to know one another. So how do you do that for yourself? How do you carve out space to check in? Like, how are you doing? What's going on for you? How are you feeling? What does this feeling mean? How are the fears that are plaguing you around perhaps inadequacy? You mentioned lack of confidence. What is going on there? And really make that space to dialogue the same way you would probably for a friend. And you always probably have some wisdom to share. Can you share that within your own self? And can you start listening for what's coming up when you ask those questions? They're really simple how are we? What's going on? What do I need to pay attention to? Why is it that I'm struggling with this again and again? What is it that I need to learn from this experience? What do I need to make sure that I don't, I pay attention? It goes on and on. And when you start doing this practice with your own self, and you can do it in journaling, you can do it by just being quiet and taking a walk and reflecting and moving away from the chatter of fear and just, uh, what's going on? Life is difficult. We all have that. But imagine if you could quiet down a little bit to have a conversation. This I found has been really the essence of knowing oneself, knowing myself, mm. and the essence of tapping into that inner wisdom in a way that I, in forming a relationship, it becomes a compass. Mm. And a compass is the key thing for anyone to navigate in a journey, because mm. then you know what your North Star is, you know what East, what West, when something you're in the wrong direction because you can see it literally or hear it because you've formed that language and that relationship. Wow, that's really amazing. It's fascinating. So let's talk about your organization. For me, I just love it, by the way. I've got a story about Ro, someone, I'm sure he was referring to you. And he was like, my best friend showed me how to scream loud. <laughs> so what is, uh, it's beautiful, by the way. Congratulations. It's fantastic. What is She Roars? What is it? Can, can, oh. How can you share that with our girls? Oh, She Roars is an acknowledgement of the power we carry. You've used that word, how, what's the power your mother gave you? The power all of us have received that we carry within ourselves. But as with every gift, it needs unlocking. And that's what we do. We support women to unlock and unleash this power that they have within because we understand that we are in this critical moment in history. We need now more than ever power of women to be present because of the unique gifts that they offer to society in more ways than one that I hope and trust that you recognize. So She Roars holds space, seminars, workshops, one-on-one -on -one coaching, events, talks, really to support the journey of connecting to this power. And there are many ways to do that. And we show you how. And once you feel your power, 
once you know your power, there is no going back. It's literally this unleashing. And that's why that word roar is so important. It's this, right? It's, you can try it yourself when you roar, you can, you can really connect to this primal energy. And we want to invite you to know that force is, is important, not just for you, but for the world. That magic is what the world needs. And we need every woman to step into that. And you said something early about something was taken from you. So many women, something has been taken from them, be it innocence, be it belief in themselves, be it a sense of their place in the world. So she wars, acknowledges that the history of just so much disservice to this powerful group of people that are needed right now and you know have always been such potent parts of society and the marginalization that must be addressed in, in more ways than one. And within that, the need to reclaim what was taken within your own self that you might speak your truth to the world. No, I'm just, my eyes are just watering by just listening to you say that because I can imagine our mama, so our late mama, I call your mother now my mama, and them, you know, really standing in that village, working together as women, screaming, shouting, roaring, really speaking for the truth. But today, millions of women across the world who can't do that. And I'm so proud that you have gotten the wisdom to actually really structureize what you've learned. Because when I was reading through she rose and, and really following what you've done recently is I got it. I got what you're trying to do. I got the, the small gift that w- was given to you. And now you totally make this as a curriculum and as a way of giving it to other women. You actually almost, I don't know if I got this wrong, but you're almost paying this forward. It's fascinating. Do you recognize this? As I said earlier, you have such a beautiful gift of seeing others. I feel so seen by you. I recognize that this is my intention and that it's seen and perceived that way. It means a lot, but absolutely it feels, it resonates when you're speaking to pain it forward and what I've received because I've received so much and that practice of also sensing and leaning into that and knowing that the greatest way I can share is to show up and support other women to also tap into their own ability to receive and trust that which is coming through that they might share in return. So it's really a butterfly effect. And I'm so grateful that to know that my attempt and the way that I'm showing up is loud enough that it's heard. So thank you. I've heard it. I've seen it. I've heard it. I'm very proud of that. And this is why I love the fact that you are actually creating something where women need to challenge the narratives of inequality, making sure that they are heard, they are seen with so many discrimination, racism, so many bad stuff happening to women. We close up and we don't speak up. We don't say what we think. We have all of these issues. And But your organization is actually telling them, come on, say it loud. I want to hear it. Why do you think it's important to challenge the narratives of inequality from our mothers, our ancestors, that the world is not fair to women? Why do you think we should challenge this? Maybe first of all, it's not even just to say you need to be heard. It's to show the way. And I think that's really where the calling is, right? Because I can tell you, like, speak up, but there's a lot of power in also showing you how and allowing you to find your way to your own unique voice because 
your way of speaking up is very different from my way and very different from X, Y, Z, right? We all have a very different way and yours could be a quiet strength. How can you trust that? How can you be okay with that? Because we live in a world that, let's say, has been shaped by the masculine way of speaking up. So a lot of the insecurities comes from also forcing oneself to try to be in a way that one thinks they're supposed to be. So once that struggle comes in, that's also a big part of the work to catch that struggle and to remind you that the best you can be is you. There's so many challenges facing every country, even the most advanced at this point. So we cannot be business as usual because too many people are suffering. Too much of this world, environment, and the ecosystem is suffering and escaping it into Mars has its role, but it's most certainly not going to solve the real issues. So if we've been trying for one way for millennia and most certainly not working, and within that, knowing that we can't, we need our full potential, the full team, the full capacity and potential of the human experience to join together in solving some of these complex issues that involve on a minute by minute basis, human lives being lost senselessly. And that's where women come in. That's where all the marginalized come in, that they might learn to find their power and their voice and contribute in a meaningful way for us to find solutions to the complexities before us. And we are doing our part knowing that's what change is if everyone steps into their part. And this is this is what we are supporting women to connect to, that they matter, you matter, you're not inconsequential. That's a lie that you've been told. Mm. You actually are key to the change that we seek, so to say. So please speak up. Please know your power. Please roar. Because we need you. Let's just go so deep into my heart. You traveled a lot. You traveled a lot. You've been to so many places. When you think about it today, where have you been that have really gave you a lasting memory, something you think about all the time? I always remember the first time I did a backpacking trip across East Africa. And why? It's because I was living in Beijing at the time. It was winter, I was going through a very difficult life experience. So I I needed escape. Initially, I thought I'll go to New Zealand, Australia. My mind was just seeking somewhere warm and Africa, and this use the, that word, never even came to my mind as an option until a friend from Rwanda pointed out that there were some really beautiful experiences in that part of the world. So I packed up my bag overnight, got a ticket, showed up in Nairobi, no uh, return flight a month and a half later, no hotel, no nothing, just a guidebook. And that trip changed my life. It's funny enough, on the flight over, this was almost 10 years ago now. This is a gentleman from South Sudan, and he had a copy of The Alchemist. And he was like, oh, you're on a journey. You're going to go on a trip. I have this book. And if you haven't read The Alchemist, it takes an hour. And it's a beautiful Yeah, read. Pablo, is, uh, I've got it here with me. Coelho, voila. It's just such a perfect... And it's, it's a foundational book. And I read this book and all throughout the trip, I was just seeing signs everywhere because I had no plan. So I could literally flow with the so-called will of the universe. And why I mentioned this trip was 
A, I, I remember being really ashamed of myself by how surprised I was by the countries I was visiting and how beautiful and safe and the people that I was meeting. I was on local buses. I did everything, just bus and bus and bus. And I kept expecting somehow something dangerous, whatever that narrative, but it was overwhelmingly positive. And it really touched me of the power of a single story, so to say, that Chimamanda coined. And that single story of Africa that as much as I've always rejected it, I didn't even realize how much had seeped into my own blood that I was surprised in arriving in Rwanda, how just, wow, what is this place? We're taking a boat across to Burundi and someone is offering me a bag of rice to sleep on because I don't have anywhere to sit. And that's their bag of rice. And the person, you know, just constantly being taken care of. It was incredible. And to know that that's a story that is so seldomly told and to also see sometimes you that scene that that led me to learn that it's really just important to look into people's eyes and know them and not put anyone in any bucket of, oh, that person you know, is probably trying to take advantage of me, but look in their eyes. So that was a beautiful trip because it taught me so much about trusting, about our continent, about its people. And that was when I got hooked and just traveling the continent. And I think I've been, I don't know, 30 five or so countries in Africa since, and I have a dream of seeing everywhere just because there's such magic on the continent. I know our team is elevating humanity. That's why I wanted to invite you as well, because I know that your key conversation and philosophy in life is Ubuntu. I am because you are, and you're always trying to talk about humanity. How do we get more young people to be seen, to be heard. You are because you think that you are because we are, right? And you're really celebrating our shared humanity. That's why I wanted to really make sure people hear you said this. When you think about the trip you've done, all the places you've been, and you've been actually looking after so many people from the Global Shaper community where you were really helping people. Can you share with our girls what does elevating humanity means to you from your own words because you have much experience in hanging around with people people with power people with no power and in between and you have heard so many stories from your trips from the people you gathered at big conferences what is elevating humanity from your own words elevating humanity in my own words feels like the very essence of the word Ubuntu, which is that interconnectedness. There's the proverb that I've always loved and it's always just captured also that essence of if you want to go fast, you go alone. And if you want to go far, you go together. And this is one that comes to me again and again, a quote that has always spoken to me because it speaks to how we always understood life and understood success is the essence of community, of Ubuntu, of being our brothers and sisters keeper, be guardians of this environment we find ourselves in, of all around us. No one wins alone is how I see the elevation of humanity. We're living in a system that upholds the opposite 
And that system is very much capitalism. There's articles coming out every other week on how the number of billionaires have increased during COVID and how down there 2,000 plus billionaires. And that's the world we live in. And that is not the world that I want to live in, where there are thousands dead. So many have lost their livelihood. I don't need to share with you because some of you are experiencing for yourselves the realities of this moment is that the young people are calling ninja, right? No jobs, no assets, no opportunities. It's bleak. And that's another reality. And that's basically a, a lost potential that we're mm. seeing. So elevating humanity is to understand that my success is me saying, how can I support as many people as possible. And there are different ways that we can support. So for each of us to always be with that question, and this is something I learned from my mother and from those that came before her, how can we support our community? How can we know that our role is not to make it on our own and that's the happiness and that's life? So how can we reconnect to this ancestral practices of communal living in a way that is in balance and in harmony. And that's also reconnecting back to our own internal balance and harmony and with each other, that balance and harmony. And then we radiate that, so to say, with the rest of the world. And that's for me is elevation of humanity. And to trust, as I said earlier, that it starts with you, for you to go and have that conversation with your own self, knowing that you matter, knowing that you are a piece of that big puzzle and that to go that distance, you're needed. We all need each other. I mean, for me, it's really, I think to your point is the Ubuntu, but I, I look into the intersection. I've been traveling to Japan for nearly nine years now, and, and I've just learned something recently uh, called Ikigaidance, which is really the intersection between Ubuntu and Ikigai. You know, why are we here? If you look at Prince Philip, the Queen's husband who just passed away, he didn't care about publicity or didn't care about selfishness. He was behind the scenes and doing extraordinary work. He's 99 years old and just left us. But one of the things I've learned from his death was he was elevating humanity in silence, right? Behind the scenes. He didn't need to be praised. He didn't need to go on the press. He was just creating this Duke of you know, Edinburgh Award, helping people. And I was very privileged to see his work going to prisons across the UK to you know, help these young people who were broken, totally broken, came from poverty, broken societies. But he really helped over 900 charities during his life. And I, when I leave this earth, for someone to say, your legacy is every single person you've elevated through the podcast, through She Rose or through anything, through visibility. And so that's what I think about elevating. That's beautiful. Thanks for sharing that. And yeah, it, it speaks to how it's about harnessing your own gifts. It's not about how you should be, how you want to be perceived. What is true for you and showing up in that way? If you just think about it right now, our parents are gone, right? So we are here. So you are here now paying it forward and helping other people. So it's really fascinating. So I've got one more, a couple of more questions for you. When you think about the question you just asked me and the answer, how would you think the youngest Shijogo will cope with this world today? Now you're a wise 
powerful woman, in my opinion, have so much to say to the world and people really should listen, I think. <laughs> what would you say to, to your younger self? What would I say to my younger self? My younger self was angry, hurt, and was internalizing stories around unworthiness. So I think what I do say to my younger self, because I do something called inner child work, where I get to speak with my younger self, knowing that she's still part of me. That's fascinating. And that, yeah, it's really a powerful exercise. It is, it is. So I just let her know that she is loved and that everything is okay and that she does not have to feel that there's anything wrong with her or that there's something she could do to be more lovable or the way she has to look. So really just let her know that she's worthy and that she's beautiful in her in ways that is far beyond looks or when that that she's a lioness and she can roll yeah. <laughs> and it's okay everything mm. is gonna be okay and to just be there and i know a lot of our young girls are struggling so wherever this finds you i want you to know that you can always let yourself know that it's going to be okay and to trust that be it your older self speaking to your younger self or Right now in that struggle, finding the truth of knowing that everything is going to be okay and, and stepping into that hope as bleak as things might seem. I trust there's always a greater light that is ahead. You mentioned earlier around a difficult childhood and it must have seemed very bleak then. And I trust that you could not have even wanted to imagine where you'd be now. But here you are. So it's okay. It's okay. It's fascinating you said that because while I'm writing the book, I talk about the, the inner child we have and the young girls we work with, they are lionesses, they like, but they are refugees, right? So they are young girls who have suffered so much in their lives and they're in a refugee camp. And I, I bought some, some friends and some white girls there and some shapers, in fact. And they are young girls from Kenya, refugees from all over the world, Burundi, Kinshasa, Somali. But they are lionesses. They are so beautiful and so strong. So I'm imagining them 20 years from now. What would they do? And they are listening to this podcast. Actually, they are coming to become my co-hosts. Just next month, they'll become the co-hosts of this podcast. I'm going to give them the microphone so they will wow. be sharing this. But they are coders. They are absolutely powerful. You'll be so proud of them. What wow. message do you have for our girls? Oh my goodness, I have goosebumps. Just roar, you're a lioness. You heard it from the lioness's mouth as well. Just roar. Do not allow anyone to tell you who you should be. Make that space to find out who you are. Go on a journey of trusting, trusting, trust yourself. Because once you trust yourself, the imposter syndrome, the question mark, the second guessing, all of that's fading. And you can truly trust the power of that unique, beautiful, loud roar that is your power is your fingerprint and and know that that's your gift to elevate in humanity and it starts always with you and your ability also to work hand in hand with each other elevating each other knowing that again that we go far by going together 
And where we want to go is farther than we can even imagine in this moment. And I trust that. I trust that you can allow yourself to dream Mm. and to know that your dreams, as Lupita has shared with us, are valid. Absolutely. We have 27,000 of them right now in 69 countries, including China. And I know you speak Chinese. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm wondering if you have any sentence, anything you can share with them if you order on Ibu or another language, they're all uh, listening globally. Anything you can say to them. <laughs> yeah, can I just switch it around? Please, please. please. Also, also ich weiß nicht, ob die Leute hier auch Deutsch sprechen. Wenn du Lust hast, il n'y a pas de problème. Dazu, ce qu'il te faut, vraiment, confiance en soi. Allez-y, mewake, mehenche, 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 Good luck. <laughs> oh, my oh my God. It's just, it's going to be such an amazing podcast. People is going to say to me, what did she just say? I was just like, you have no idea. She's rowing right now. She's <laughs> I know you also, the only thing I also want to talk about, people may not know about, you're a hard worker. You really hustled and you worked so hard to be where you are today because I can see you have become such a beautiful, wise woman. So what is wisdom? Can you share that with us? Wisdom is listening. Wisdom is listening to the wisdom that we carry. We all carry wisdom. A child, when it's born, it knows where the milk is. It crawls up and it will feed and it can clutch and it has everything it needs and just needs a little support and a little love. We're the same. We have everything we need. We just need a little support and a little love and to be seen and to know that we matter. So wisdom is to trust that and to lean on the support around you. And if you don't have it, to seek it out and to trust when you hear that guidance and to be able to share it in a way that can contribute to one another. So for me, wisdom comes from within and it's something that we root into to go back to that first word I said. So where are your roots tapping into? Which trees are you connecting to? How are you supporting the vast ecosystem of this forest? And that's wisdom, I believe. And I believe that's what we all need to lean towards. Intelligence has its role in all of that we're learning. But that wisdom, of it's a little bit of a step back, like a deep breath in and a slow release. Wow. You and I can sit here and talk until tomorrow. Your voice is getting into my system. <laughs> Literally, it's getting like one by one, better by better. Break. You have my French accent. So anyway, honestly, I am so proud to have you. Thank you so much for coming on the I Am The Code podcast. Thank you so much, my dear sister, for all the ways that you've seen me, seen so many of us and held us up and really excited for this project, for everything that you're doing, the Ikigai Ubuntu project. That sounds amazing. And I'm really looking forward to any way that I can support to know that I'm here and I'm so grateful. That was beautiful and inspiring. One of the things I've always been saying is that collectively, we can overcome the challenges that we face as a global community. 
What Shijo Jojo said was so beautiful and inspiring. I really hope you have been inspired. Our mothers, they have written our history. Some of us are leaders, some of us are wisdom keepers. But women have always been there for their children, no matter what. My son is 20 years old today, Friday. And I'm so blessed and so honored that I've given birth. Really fascinating. I want to share that with you. It's beautiful. My mother is no longer here, but I know that being a mother is a privilege, absolute privilege. You have been listening to the I Am The Code podcast. I'm your host, Mariam Jam. Come back again very soon for another I Am The Code episode. If you like this content, please share it and subscribe to the podcast. We count on you and on your generosity. We are a very small team at I Am The Code dedicated to making the world a better place by creating inspiring content for people who want to do better and be better. Remember to donate to I Am The Code. We are a foundation and we're looking for funding to support our young girls and boys all across the world. Let's elevate humanity, support one another, hold each other accountable. Every amount you donate to I Am The Code counts. And I want to thank you again for being here, for supporting us. Have a lovely Friday. Thank you. And I will see you very soon. Goodbye.